Welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. I'm Sal Interdenado. The Black Knight Nation podcast is sponsored by Higher Echelon. Higher Echelon is a world-class consulting firm that trains employees in sports psychology secrets that drastically improve work performance. Founder Joe Ross is retired Army. He played fullback at Army, and he was also an assistant coach at Army, and he puts that experience to use for his clients. We thank Higher Echelon for sponsoring this podcast. We would like to welcome in a special guest tonight. For our podcast, um, Scott Spellman, Lieutenant General Scott Scott Spellman, Chief of the Engineers. Thanks for joining us tonight, Scott. Hey, Sal, it's uh, it's great to be with you. You know, I, I've, I've watched your podcast. You've had a, a lot of talent on your screen and on the stage with you. I'm not sure I'm on the same deserve to be on the same stage with them, but uh, happy to join you tonight and uh, really to talk about something we're both passionate about, and that's uh, that's Army football. So, thank, thanks for having me. No doubt, no doubt. And before we dive into Army football, your career, and what's going on right now with the Black Knights, um, I wanted to talk about a little – we have a Jersey connection here. Um, you're from Butler, New Jersey. I grew up in Vernon, New Jersey, about a half an hour away. So we had that Jersey strong connection going on tonight on the podcast. In South Butler, New Jersey, uh, back when I was in high school, had one traffic light. I think it still has one uh, traffic light, but uh... – a great school. I played for a great coach, uh, Jack Davies, at uh, at Butler High School, and he was a lot, a lot like Coach Young. Uh, I got to experience later on during my career at uh, West Point. But uh, yeah, small town roots, but uh, grew up uh, grew up strong. And glad you're here. You're a Jersey boy as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Butler. Same same with my town. You know, not too many traffic lights, rural area, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, first, we usually start podcast out with how you know, it all started for you and how you got to West Point. So how do you go from Butler, New Jersey to West Point, New York? Yeah, so my my junior year in high school, my dad knew I, I was the first one in my my family. I have uh, two older brothers that, that went to college. My dad knew that I wanted to uh, to go uh, to college. And on uh, junior my junior year, he took me up to West Point. And I, I'll be honest with you, Sal, it was immediate. I, I fell in love with the place. Uh, I met two people uh, that day, uh, Coach uh, John Seymour, who was working in admissions, I believe, back then, who later uh, came, came on to uh, coach receivers during my uh, junior and senior year. And I met uh, Coach Charlie Taft, who was our offensive coordinator for much of the, the teams in the, uh, the mid-'80s. I stayed connected with them throughout the remainder of my, uh, my junior year. And I felt, just feel blessed that when I, uh, when I applied uh, to West Point and went through that entire process uh, to be able to be accepted, uh, it was just the honor of a lifetime. And then to get to play for, for Coach Taff and Coach Seymour uh, later on, just a great honor. Did you know that West Point was as close to where you lived when you were growing up before you took that trip up there or now? You know, uh, back in the uh, early 80s, it was about a 90-minute drive uh, from where I lived in North Jersey. Now, uh, Interstate 287 has been complete for some time, so it's only about an hour drive uh, for my folks to uh, to get up there. So it had, uh, compared to the rest of my classmates, it was relatively uh, close to home. So I, I, I feel blessed in, in that regard. Yeah, I grew up in Northern New Jersey not knowing how close West Point was. Otherwise, I would have been to a bunch of games watching, uh, you know, really high level uh, division one football um, right. talk about your um, career as a football player. I was uh, doing some research um, earlier today and um, you know, it seems like freshman year and you know, you wait for your chance and sophomore year, you led the team in receptions that year. So talk about what it was like, you know, kind of moving up on the depth chart, so to speak. So, uh, you know, 
a great recruiting class. We had a lot of receivers come in uh, in uh, 1982. I, again, I was just uh, one of them and then worked real hard uh, during my uh, plea year, like most, right, and got to play against some really good uh, upper-class defensive back. I mean, Mike Williams, All-American, comes to mind immediately. And if you can get open as a plea against Mike Williams, uh, you, I mean, you're learning uh, every day. And I just think that helped me advance uh, when I got to be a yearling my, my second year and then to make the uh, make the starting lineup. We had a couple of uh, great receivers in front of me on the depth chart. Unfortunately, had some, some injuries, uh, but got an opportunity uh, early on in that season and didn't want to miss a ball, right, uh, to keep that uh, spot. So that, that's how it got started. Uh, that um, uh, My sophomore year, my second year, was Coach Young's first year. We only won two games that season. Put the ball up a lot, as you mentioned, had, had a lot of catches, but not a lot of wins. I think we had about two wins that year and, and, and nine losses, so disappointing. Um, and then, of course, it was after that uh, season when we transitioned to the, uh, the triple option. Yeah, so I guess those opportunities your junior and senior year are not as much as they are in your sophomore year. But the success, you guys were able to turn the corner those two years, right? You were able to get to bowl games. And, um, you know, what, what was that like? What was, what was the culture? What was the change in culture for that to happen? Yeah, I, you know, for me, I think, you know, catching passes, don't get me wrong, catching passes is, is a lot of fun. It, it always was. But winning – Winning was much more fun in, in, in a team sport. So, yeah, and so my uh, my second two years, I essentially became a skinny lineman uh, right out on the uh, on the flank and, and trying to bust open guys like Clarence Jones and Bill Lampley, if you remember those names, and certainly Doug Black, our, our, great, uh, our great fullback, running them uh, up the middle. Uh, but Coach Young, he, he didn't forget, you know, he, he worked in some uh, uh, some nuances into our offense. We had a, a great reverse play that was uh, – Pretty good in the second half of most games. Uh, pretty reliable play to get some uh, big yards when you uh, needed them. And then between Nate Sassman and Rob Healy uh, later on uh, my senior year, worked in some some passes as well. But it was really more about winning and finding that that disciplined offense that that, that fit our team that allow us to to move the ball down the uh, down the field. Yeah, I'm guessing it was back then. It was similar like was it was similar like option football, right? Uh, it, those those years. Your junior and senior years are now. Right. And so it's a, a very unique offense, uh, the, the triple option, something that a, a typical defense uh, of, of your opponent does not see week after week. And they generally got seven days to prepare for you. And uh, so that, that's an advantage uh, for us. And so that, that, that was hugely important. But I, I, I don't want to suggest it was, it was just the offense that, that got us to those uh, two bowl games in uh, 84 and 85. Uh, it goes without saying, we had a great defense uh, across the board at, at every position. And without a great defense, we never would have won the Cherry Bowl in 84 against Michigan State and certainly would have not beat a very good Illinois team in the Peach Bowl in, in 85. So all around, a very well-rounded team, a special group of coaches, and I, I like to think a special group of players, folks that I remain friends with for life. Man, I'm guessing you still have you have a lot of football memories, right? I mean, especially with those two years. I mean, do any still stand out today that that pop off right off the bat? Because I mean, those were two. I mean, you know, '84 and '85, like you said, with the Cherry and Peach Bowl. Those are those are um, very successful seasons in Army football history. Yeah, I I always go back to to three games in particular, and I'll, I'll be brief. And my my teammates might disagree with me. I I always pick these three because that, to me they were sort of turning points for, for our team at the time where we were. And Sal, you may remember the 84 game in, in Knoxville. We're playing a good SEC team, Tennessee, 
And we had we opened up that year at Colgate at home at uh, Mikey, a good a good game, a solid game uh, against Colgate. But you know some opening game mistakes. We go into Knoxville, and we end up uh, with Nate and the whole offense. No time left on the clock. He engineers this fourth quarter drive, and we tie the game. Right, we kick an extra point, and we tie the game 24-24, and the, the the clock runs out. And I remember a couple of things about that game. I, I remember afterward in the locker room, the team was kind of quiet. I mean, we were quiet. And um, Carl Ulrich, the athletic director at the time, comes in to the locker room and he stands next to Coach Young and he says, holy cow, we just tied Tennessee. Army football just tied Tennessee. And, and the locker room erupts, right? Because that, even though it was a tie, that was really a win for us. And that was uh, just a, a moment where we knew this, this team was something special that we could play with the bigger teams out there. Uh, and I will just quickly transition to the Air Force game later that year. So the 84 Air Force game, I want to say this was the first home game at Mikey Stadium. I remember it was a Friday night game. They trucked in lights. We didn't have lights in the stadium. And I think it was on ESPN2 or something uh, that night. And Craig Stopa kicks five long field goals right down the middle. Um, Kirk Gutierrez, our, our great outside linebacker, gets a tackle early on in the game for a safety, puts us up 2 nothing, and we run a reverse later on in that game for a touchdown. And we beat Air Force on a Friday night on TV. That, that was also a turning point uh, for us. And then I'll make a long jump just at the end of my senior year, and that's the, uh, the 85 Peach Bowl against a good, a good Illinois team, right? And while that wasn't really a turning point for, for my class, I think that really helped set the stage for the 86 season and the 87 season and all those successful years that Coach Young had later on and then certainly Bob Sutton had early on in his, uh, his coaching tenure. I, so I, I would not single, fail to single that one out as well. A big win over a, a very strong uh, Big Ten team. Yeah, I was reading, um, like, I guess it was a halfback pass from Clarence Jones to you was a pretty key play in that game, right, in the Peach Bowl. We, we ran two halfback option passes that game, one in the second quarter. Bill Lampley threw a touchdown to, uh, to um, Benny White uh, in, the, uh, in the second quarter, and then we, uh, maybe the first quarter. And then we turned around, and Clarence Jones threw a 25-yarder to me in the, uh, the third quarter. And I, it was a perfect back shoulder pass. I remember uh, running against Brian Swoop, who was the strong safety covering me at that time. I turned around, and the ball was right there. CJ just had the ball right there catch it, fall down, two feet in, and it's a touchdown. And Craig Stopa kicks a field goal in the fourth quarter to put it away. But I, I would just go back. While we had some great great offensive plays in that game, we made the plays that we had to. Our defense won that, uh, won that Illinois game. If you go back and look at the film and look at some, our linebackers, in particular our, our, our secondary, and some of the, uh, the miraculous knockdowns they were making against a very good quarterback, Jack Trudeau, who went on from Illinois to play for the Colts. Our secondary played the game of their lives, and that, that, that really turned the corner in the 85 Peach Bowl. I always like to ask, especially when we're going back a little bit in time, who do you think the best player was that you played against on the opposite team? Who do you think was the best player that you ever played against? Yeah, I remember as a plebe, I got into the, uh, the Notre Dame game. Um, this was down, and it was, a, it was a terrible loss for Army. Um, but I, I got to play the bulk of the, uh, the fourth quarter against a cornerback named Stacy Turan. Um, Stacy uh, Turan went, went on to play for the, uh, the Oakland Raiders, uh, but I got to run a few routes uh, throughout the, uh, the fourth quarter of that game. And Stacy to me was someone that I always kind of benchmarked myself. If I can get open against Stacy Turan, I, I can beat anybody, right? And so he, uh, early on in my, my career, I, I always looked at him and his ability to cover receivers 
um, uh, it, it was just someone I always benchmark myself about and always try to, uh, to work hard against, even if it was only mentally in, 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 in practice. Awesome. Awesome. I want to shift gears a little bit now to uh, the military side and after West Point and, you know, your distinguished military career I, I was reading up on today and uh, just to be deployed during some, some serious, um, serious, uh, you know, wars, uh, if we were going to call them missions, so to speak. I mean, wow. I mean, but it seems like during that time you're, you, you get reunited with some of your army football teammates or now. That's, that's true. So I, you know, I, I participated in uh, Desert Shield and Desert Storm back in the early 90s. And right alongside me in the 2nd Armored Cavalry Regiment was JT Thompson, a great defensive back on uh, the class of 86 uh, on our team. And then uh, later on, I, I had the privilege of serving as a battalion commander in, in Iraq. And uh, along in our brigade combat team was Rob Rogeman. You remember, remember? remember Rob as a, as a linebacker uh, in mm -hmm. our class and also a very talented uh, special uh, special teams player. And then uh, later on as a, a brigade commander in Afghanistan, I'm saying uh, this is now 2008, 2009, I had the privilege to serve alongside Rob Dickerson. Uh, Rob was commanding our combat aviation brigade and is certainly a great, a great tight end on the Army football team in, in the mid 80s. So my Army football family has been uh, with me throughout some of the more rewarding assignments that uh, that I've had. Yeah, uh, Rob uh, Rob Dickerson was a deputy AD, I believe, at West Point not too long ago right. uh, within the athletic department. Um, uh, I was reading uh, one of my colleagues' uh, stories on you from uh, from a little bit back in the day. Justin Rodriguez he he wrote a story about how you know during the time you were serving in Iraq, how you know you almost you were close to losing your life in that. Uh, Due to a um, due to a road bomb. Uh, I mean, what I, that experience is how to make. Can you talk about that experience a little bit? And maybe when something like that happens, that is no doubt life altering. But maybe do you go back on maybe what you learned at West Point or what you've learned during your time in the army to get past that? Yeah, Sal, it, it's absolutely uh, to answer your question in short form. I'll, I'll come back to uh, what Coach Young taught us about. How to deal with adversity in a moment, but but yes. So I was serving as a, as a battalion commander in the 33 Division. I was in a place called uh, Bakuba, that's about 45 miles uh, northwest of, of Baghdad, and uh, encountered a roadside bomb and lost uh, about a chunk of my uh, left calf, about the size of of, of your fist. But I, I was very fortunate. I had no major arteries cut. Uh, I was in the uh, operating room within within an hour. Uh, so a surgery in Iraq, a couple in uh, Lonsdale, Germany, and the rest at home at, uh, at Fort Benning. But I, I was blessed to have my immediate family, my wife, Sharice, my children around me while I healed. Uh, but my Army football family was around me as well. I, I mentioned Coach Seymour earlier. Coach Seymour got on a flight. He was the athletic director in a private school in North Jersey. Flew for a day down to my home in Fort Benning uh, to spend some time with me. Uh, you remember, you may remember Ronnie Rice and uh, Jimmy Brock. Ronnie was our, our sure. great center, uh, class of 86, and Jimmy Brock, our nose tackle from 87. Uh, both of those uh, fine gentlemen got on the road and uh, came down to see me and, and wish me well. Uh, Coach Young reached out to me uh, right away, and that, that was, it's always great to hear from uh, from Coach Young. But the the, uh, the ones that helped me the most, I would think, was just all the cards and letters and emails from my, my teammates that came in. And, it, and it, none of them were along the line, oh, gee, oh, gee, Scott, I'm really sorry this happened to you. Hope you get better soon. It was all like they were all writing me along the lines of, hey, Spellman, I, I bet you I can beat you in a 40-yard dash now. Yeah, so uh, – and 
you only get those kind of notes from real family, right? And that's really what I yeah. needed to hear and to help me get back up on, on two feet again. So I, I feel blessed for my immediate family and then certainly from my, my Army football family in, in going through that experience. Man, uh, they, they still talk about today, Jeff Munkin's a big believer in culture and a big believer in the brotherhood. And that just is a, is a, is a great story about brotherhood, right? Maybe getting you through some of that time. So, um, what, what do you see out there now with this Army team when you watch them? Uh, you know, what, do you, what do you like about them? What do you see about them? Is, is it their culture and how they play together? Is that part of it? I, I, I think it is. I, 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 I watch as many of the games as I can. I get to as many of them up in Mikey Stadium or when they're on, on, on the road as possible. And I will tell you, I, I am excited about Coach Munkin's team. I, I really am. These players, they are fit. They are disciplined. They hold each other accountable. And they are exciting to watch. And I, I think what I like to see in, in, in them is that they're, they're, they're just mentally tough, right? They, they, something bad happens on the field. They face a little bit of adversity, but they bounce back very, very well. And I think that's just something, uh, the strong mentality that Coach Munkin and his very strong assistant coaches have brought to this team. And I'm looking forward to a very strong season again this year. Yeah, I think that – what you mentioned is something that doesn't really get enough credit. It seems like that team in the fourth quarter is maybe at its best. And you know that they could even play first overtime, second overtime, third overtime if they need it. And I think the fitness of the team is is really – you contribute that to strength and conditioning. You can contribute that to the players working on their own, you know, just being ready to go, right? I mean, that's something that you're absolutely right. They've been – uh, they don't tire out at all. I mean, it's it's all systems go right. when, they, when they're on the field. So and, and you just get the sense, and it's hard to put your finger on this, but just to gauge their mental toughness and looking how they bounce back from adversity, whether it's a fumble, an interception, maybe a missed tackle. What I noticed watching this is they, they completely forget about that, right? And they get on to the next play and trying to make something positive happen. And I've seen that over the, over the past several years. And I know that was something Coach Young drilled into us immediately when he came to the team in, in 1983. And something I think myself and my, my, my teammates needed. And it's, it's just great to see that in abundance with, uh, with, this current, uh, with this current team. It's such a cliche sometimes to move on to the next play, right? It, it, to me, it always went as a reporter, went in one ear and out the other, you know? But when you think about it and you're on the field, right, I'm sure – like there were some times when you played where that was really important, a, a bounce back, you know, an immediate answer, so to speak. Right. I mean, I, I'm, I'm guessing that was important when you played too. So I, I, I mentioned the uh, 84 game against the uh, air force earlier on. I uh, coach young designed a, a passing play, a very rare passing play for us for that game. It was just a, it was a 10 yard drag over the linebackers and Sal, I could not have been more open. He called it in the first quarter, which was rare. And I, I was – the closest defense back must have been 15 yards away. And Rob Healy put it right on me. Or that might have been Nate Sassman at the time. Put it right on me. That ball went through my hands, hit my chest, and bounced on the floor. And I just remember looking up to the top of Mikey and what just happened. And I remember running to the side. I was rotating uh, plays at the time with, uh, with Benny White. And, and I remember going to the sideline. And Coach Young looked at me and said, you got to forget it. You just got to forget it. And we're going to come back to it. And now he didn't come back to that play uh, – Later in the game, he did come back to a reverse at which we ran uh, successfully for, for a touchdown. But um, it's right. I mean, it, 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 that is so important. And you're right. It, it, it does sound cliche, but it is so, so important for, for our players and our coaches. 
No doubt. And it, it, like you said, this is an exciting year for Army. You know, they have a lot of, they, with the COVID last year and the protocols, a lot of guys got to play, a lot of guys got to start, and a lot of guys are returning who have done that. And, you know, I don't know. I'm not really a preseason, like, college football rankings guy when they go one through 130, you know. But I'm seeing Army, like, I think they should be ranked a little higher than where they are right now. I think people are maybe underestimating this team a little bit. We'll, we'll see what happens, you know, September 4th at Georgia State. And the schedule is pretty competitive. You know, games at, you know, Wisconsin, Liberty, Ball State, Wake Forest at home. But, man, if they if they can win 10 games out of this schedule or, or may, who knows, maybe more. I mean, I think further put the program on the map. I mean, it's on the map, but maybe get it a little bit more, right. um, you know, respect from maybe the power five schools, so to speak. Yeah, Sal, I saw some of the, the similar early reports and I would say, look, let's give it a game or two, a game or two or three and see how we perform. I, I think if we do, as I feel that we're going to, we're going to perform, I think you're going to see us rise rather, rather quickly in the uh, the rankings. I, I am really excited about this team. I'm, I, I'm a little selfish. I'm, I'm ecstatic that coach Munkin is coming back. Uh, for this season. I know there was some uh, discussion of some other options out there for him. I'm really excited. I'm really excited for this team. I'm glad COVID is largely behind us and uh, hopefully we'll be able to get uh, more folks in the stadium watching these games. And uh, I'm looking forward to another, another great, uh, a great army football season. I hope September 11th, Mikey stadium is packed with fans. The core, you got tsunami in the background. The core is going crazy. And, you know, they, they've been very successful at home in the last few years, right. you know, during Jeff Munkin's era pretty much, especially the last five years. And, wow, let's, that that would be like let's – especially – I know it's not – September 11th, right, has some, some, some meaning too. And, wow, let's just see – like you're right. Let's just see college football. That's college football at its purest in my opinion. Right. Mikey Stadium and Army playing. Maybe I'm a little biased from covering the team for so long, but – Let's get the fans back in there, hopefully, and let's. Uh, that's going to be an awesome. I mean, people are so right. You're so counting down the days to the season opener against Georgia State, right? But you know, uh, let's get that home opener uh, to the next week at Western versus Western Kentucky, and, and see, like you said, first three games. Let's see where they're at. And uh, wow, um, just wanted to talk to you a little bit about your position now as a chief of engineers and kind of you know what that details and the you know. What that? What? How you had? How you worked up? How you worked up to that, so to speak? So I no, Sal. Thanks for that. Um, so I spent the first thirty years of my career in in combat engineer units. So working inside our brigade combat teams and our maneuver divisions, and then uh, about five years ago, I was asked to come over to a very, I say, very unique corner of the Army in the, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. So for your listeners that are not aware. Uh, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers does major federal construction, right? And so today we're working across the country on hundreds of projects. Uh, we, uh, we, we operate, we build and maintain the nation's waterways. We build uh, major veterans administration hospitals. We do major construction for the Army, the Air Force, and for the entire federal government. But it's not just in the United States. We're working in 110 countries across the globe for our geographic uh, combatant commanders on programs large and small. We're typically been uh, about a 20 to 22 billion year dollar uh, construction uh, business uh, for the federal government. Last year, we did 40 billion dollars worth of work. Wow. So under the previous administration and the current administration, the nation is investing in infrastructure. 
and that's the uh, the honor of a lifetime. I get to play a small part in that in, as the uh, as the commander for the Army Corps of Engineers. We have about uh, thirty seven thousand uh, civilians of engineers of all disciplines, and only about eight hundred military officers in the Army Corps that serve as our, our regional uh, commanders. And we're in every major city across the United States, and like I said, just just a huge program with a lot of rewarding work uh, underway. So again, the honor of a lifetime to uh, to uh, to receive this assignment. No doubt. What was the transition like between, from combat to where you are now? Was it was was that at, at first? Was there a little bit of a transition or no? No, a little bit. I mean, so my uh, my academic background had been in engineering, so that that was not a surprise uh, to me. Uh, but I had to learn how to uh, lead in a, maybe a, a little bit of a different way. Of course, your leadership pr principles will stay the same throughout, but it's, it's much different leading a, a, a battalion formation or a brigade formation of soldiers than it is leading, you know, a group of several hundred uh, technical engineers on some very difficult uh, engineering challenges that we have across the country. Um, I had some, just like in my army career, I had some great uh, non-commissioned officers and officers uh, bring me along. Uh, it, it's this, it's been the same in the army Corps of engineers with some very talented department of the army civilians that have, have brought me along in this part of my career as well. And so, as I mentioned, it, it's just incredibly rewarding work that we do for the nation. Absolutely. I was, uh, checking out your bio earlier today. And if we can go back to combat for a moment, um, a bronze star and a purple heart. I mean, those are some pretty serious, uh, serious medals that you've earned in, in combat. I mean, that, that stems a lot from your, 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 your time in Iraq and Afghanistan, right? Yeah. And I, I, so I mean, this in all sincerity, I, I don't remember much about that part of it. I, I do remember the non-commissioned officers and the great officers that I was able to serve alongside in Iraq and then, and then certainly in, in Afghanistan. And to serve as a brigade and a, and a battalion commander in, in both of those, uh, both of those theaters, leading America's uh, sons and daughters, that that was the most rewarding part of that uh, for me. And we've got an incredibly talented army, and I, I just feel blessed to play a, a small part in it. Is there, because um, you know, we West Point graduation hap recently happened, and you have some, you know some some uh graduate you know graduates moving on to officers you know some army football players too is is there any advice that you would give like the the, the new um grads um just on what to maybe expect out of um you know their first days as an officer or maybe their early days as an officer yeah so so i had the uh, the honor of talking to just over a hundred of our uh, our senior cadets uh, a few weeks ago just before they uh, graduated in commission just the ones that were coming over to the engineers and I, I just shared a few thoughts with them and these won't surprise you i, I told all of them first be willing to learn and that sounds odd because they're, they just graduated about to graduate from the premier military institution in the world one of the best academic institutions in the country and here i am telling them you've got more to learn right um and so I, I, I encourage all of them, please listen to your non-commissioned officers, listen to your senior NCOs. They are going to teach you uh, if you let them. And then of course, I, as I encourage everyone, be, be humble, right? Uh, you're going to learn just as much from that junior non-commissioned officer uh, over the next uh, few years as you learn from an academic professor in, in the classroom. Again, if, if you're humble and, and you let them. So those are the points that I, I wanted to share. And I, and I think it was well-received. And I, I will tell you, I look forward to seeing those young men and women out in our formations here very soon after we get them through their, their basic leadership courses and any specialty schools that they go to. Yeah, earlier in the week, we had on Anthony Jaquin. He's an Army uh, baseball player, third baseman. 
you know, 3.9 GPA in mechanical engineering, um, going to the to, to Cambridge to, uh, to grad school first before he starts his uh, military career. And I'm like, amazing, right? Like you said, they've learned so much at West Point, but yet there's a little bit more to learn down the road. And certainly he's a guy that we could look uh, forward to as a, as a future Army officer in engineering, no doubt. So. And then and it's not just Anthony. I mean, Anthony's incredibly talented, but there, I want to say there were about 60, somewhere between 60 and 65 others that are going to do their cadets that are going to go on to do advanced graduate work before we bring them into the Army. And I think that, that's just a great thing, right? We just got to time their career so we get them through all the leadership experiences that they need, along with their academic uh, background. And because we, we're, we're going to need them, right? Because we're the, the Army and the Army Corps of Engineers, we're being asked to tackle, ta tackle some pretty tough challenges across the country right now. And we're going to need all that talent and more. So I, I look forward, as I said, look forward to meeting all of them soon. Is that something that they, they're doing a little bit more of with the, the, grads, the grad school um, stuff or no? I, I think uh, what I saw this year after talking with the, the superintendent, uh, that to me, that's, that's a pretty high number. I don't think the class of 86 had that uh, amount of, uh, of graduates going on to, uh, to do graduate work uh, right away. I, I think that's, that's, all, that's all positive. Certainly in the Army Corps of Engineers and the Engineer Regiment, we work hard to get all of our officers to graduate school within their first five to eight years of service. We want them to get their master's degree in a technical field because it's only going to serve them well in the army or outside the army, right? We're going to want them to have those degrees and those professional credentials uh, to serve us down the line. We went into it a little bit, but maybe we could wrap this up with, you know, what what was it like uh, playing for Coach Jim Young, right? I mean, he's a Hall of Fame coach, and yes, he was able to, you know, when he saw maybe things weren't going to be moving in the right direction, he was able to change a few things with the offense. And like you said, they had a really solid defense when you were there. What was it like um, playing for Coach Young? Yeah, uh, there are four things that I took from, from Coach Young that I think have really helped me in my Army career. And I, I don't want to say just my Army career. When I'm when I'm done wearing the uniform, I'll, I'll go on and I, I will use these same leadership lessons from him um, that, that he taught all of us. And the first one I would say is he, he was always about preparation, right? So whether it was physical preparation, uh, mental preparation or spiritual preparation, whatever you needed. I mean, he really taught us how to put those hours in so that when the time came, we, we were prepared on all those fronts to, to win and to perform as, as we needed. Um, he also brought to us at a time, I think, when the, the team really needed in, in belief, right? Believing that you could win and, and really big into visualization, right? How do you want to visualize your performance? How do you visualize your, your performance in this next game? And actually seeing yourself perform long before the game ever started. And that was another dimension that he brought that we just had, uh, I know my class had not experienced before. Um, I always talk about adversity. Coach Young was always big about talking about adversity, right? It's going to come. It comes to all of us, whether it's on the football field or in life. And then how do you deal with adversity? Can you do it while staying positive and true to yourself? Um, I, that was a big takeaway from Coach Young as well. And then the last one, and I see this a lot in Coach Munkin as well, and that is accountability whether it's accountability as an officer in the Army or, or, or as a player. I just remember uh, being receiver for Coach Young, right? It, it was not okay to, to, to drop a pass. It was not okay to miss a block or to misread a coverage or run the wrong route, depending on that coverage. And if you did that, you know, you found yourself running to the top of Mikey Stadium, which I did a lot of, right, in my first couple of years playing for him. But just dealing with accountability in, 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 a, in a positive way, because that's really what makes you as a person – 
and, and your teammates better as, as, as a formation. So those are the four, Sal, for me, that I took away from my experience playing for, for Jim Young. And I'd go back playing for him uh, on any day. Nice, nice. Scott, it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Really appreciate you coming on, talking about your um, your experiences as an Army football player and as an officer. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, you can find you can find this podcast on YouTube. We have a Black Knight Nation channel. Uh, you can also find this on all major podcast platforms from Apple, Spotify, uh, Amazon, and uh, yeah, we look look forward to uh, like we were talking about. Scott, you you are a star. First off, you are a, you you are a star. You talk about the other people we've had on uh, the podcast, but it's been a pleasure to have on the chief of the engineers, Scott Spellman, on our on our podcast, no doubt. Sal, great to be with you and your listeners, and looking forward to a great season.